podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. today, 3-0, it was comprehensive against that. Absolutely marvellous. <laughs> All the lads are over, Seamus Coleman giving it a massive one. Frank Lampard. Just again, they're in the usual post-match dance after the win. Uh, it's just lovely scenes here. Great performance, really. So professional. Palace didn't have a sniff. Campbell Lewis scoring. Blake McNeil getting a goal. Alex Iwobi doing Alex Iwobi things. That was as good as it gets that. And Andy Gordon, of course. Honking decision to, to cancel our first time round, but we got there in the end. But 
Uh, I'm going to get back to the Debbie Castle as quickly as I can. And I might as well be absolutely flying. So I'm sure you'll have a jubilant crowd in, uh, in about 10 or 15 seconds. Uh, we're back in the Derby Castle uh, after that great win. Uh, it's still relatively quiet. Uh, not quite flying yet, but I'm sure that'll change in an hour or so. Uh, but I've got uh, four people with me now. Mark Moser, Keith Tomlin, Paddy Boyland. And it's first time in the Derby Castle, Dave Downey as well. Um, we'll get on to his thoughts. We'll get on to his thoughts about that uh, and the pub a little bit later on. But uh, on to the match. First and foremost, uh, Paddy Boyland. Everton winning, Everton playing good footy, Everton yeah. being snides, yeah. the opposition being cry arses, the referee being shite. Perfect Goodison day that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was a joy to watch, really, and I feel like we've done our penance after a month or so of poor performances where they've barely looked like mustering a shot in anger, and I think everything flipped today. The run of three defeats in a row kind of demanded a response, and to be fair to Lampard and the players... They definitely delivered. Very evident to me early doors just how different things were. I think Iwobi playing slightly further forward and Arna slightly further back. And it made the world a difference. They just they pressed really well. They kind of hunted in packs. I thought they were much slicker in, on the ball than they have been for a while. I wonder if part of that's Anana playing deeper and helping with the build-up. Um, but one of the things I really loved about today was that it was 3-0. The substitutes came on and the intensity just didn't drop. Even in the 80th, 90th minute, you've got James Garner and, and Neil Mope just being snides, kind of running into the corner, making things really difficult for Crystal Palace. And that Everton team wouldn't have been enjoyable to play against today. So it was it was a sea change from previous weeks and a really good performance. Probably the I'd say probably Everton's best performance of the season so far. Yeah, it was. I think it was comfortably our best performance this season, if not under Frank Lampard in many ways. I know there'd be many others who have their own favourites and whatnot, but I thought um, the start of it, it took a while to get going. I was really concerned with the lineup we went with, which is the same. I'm right in saying it was the same as Newcastle. Petrified of that because I thought it was just a gay absolutely needed dropping and Ghana needs the, the other Ghana needs to come on and start a game. Decided to stick with them. And um, I think first and foremost praised the manager himself because he stuck with his stuck with his gun really with all of this rather than making changes when all of us either with each other sitting here talking saying we need to change this he needs to go out you need to drop him him and him never put Mopai on again <laughs> all, all, all that sort of thing I, I thought it was um, it was very well spirited from that side of things um, I thought a lot of players looked like they were auditioning for something felt like it was Strictly Come Dancing or something when I'm watching, <laughs> when I'm watching these lads actually do things correctly um, the press we had was was perfectly timed um, at the position we do it in the ground as well trying to get onto their feet straight away really really good Onana look I, I can't think of a bad performance out of anybody the two lads at centre back didn't stick out as much as the others because throughout the last few games particularly the three that we lost those two have been the ones that have been the best players so they were just absolutely fine but everyone else he was yeah there, there was, wasn't anyone bad they, 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 they were all really good today all of them uh, Keith um, just talk to me for a minute about that Iwobi flick let's just go right to the end let's go right to it and, and talk about it because that was <sighs> Goosey-esque wasn't it it was just it was absolute filth and um, <laughs> there, was, there was a little kid like two couple of uh, seats down from us in our row and um, 
You know the you know the the meme of the guy at the wrestling when the Undertaker loses <laughs> and he's just stood there and his face is like pure wide adulterated shock. Oh, no, wide eyed shock. Yeah. Paul No, no. It's a, it's a, a, one of the fans. Oh, sorry. Sorry, talking about Paul Bearer. Rest in peace. He's um he's giving it like this kid's face. He could not fathom what had just happened in front of his eyes. And honestly, I think you struggle to see a better goal than that at Goodison this season. Just, it was, it was perfect. Started off as well. Mo- like, most of the credit for that goal goes to McNeil for making the chance. The way he came in off his touchline. And it was, it was something I think I mentioned in the group chat earlier that I want our wingers to do more is be confident enough to try and take on your man. It's not going to work every time. And a lot of the time, you will run into a blind alley, you'll lose the ball, the cross. But rather than just going back every single time, just try and make something happen, get the crowd on the feet. And he, he, he got the got the deserved finish for it. Um, big Stephen P and R backflick vibes against Larissa for Osman's goal, I think, Moe. Joe, what I didn't think about that, but it was. Um, I actually think our second goal today was yeah. one of the best Everton goals I've seen for years. And the thing, the thing I loved about it is because it started with universal panic because <laughs> Jordan Pickford had the audacity to play the ball short to you one scre- of the centre-halves. Were you screaming <laughs> launch it, though? Because like, I was. Yeah. You, you know where I sit, so I was obviously screaming launch it. Um, <laughs> but I think everything that followed, um, you know, it made its way up to Awobi and Damari Gray, and I think the only thing that probably would have made the goal a little bit better is Mikhalenko had drilled it in. Um, but, you know, all of the worries we had this you know this week after Newcastle and in, in the whole season so far about chance creation and just being a little bit more fluid going forward you know it probably wasn't a game today where we had loads of opportunities or you know loads of shots on target which I, I know has been a, a major point of everyone's analysis this season but it, it felt it always felt like it was going to be comfortable and that was because of as the other lads have mentioned the relentless press in the first half was just you, you can't live with a football team who plays like that I mean Crystal Palace must absolutely despise coming here now um, which I'm all for but I, I think the most pleasing thing today is that a Palace side coming up to Goodison they they reek to me of a team who can cause Everton problems you know Eze, Elise, Zaha right down to Mateta and Ayu people who have caused us problems in, in very recent times and it was beyond comfortable you know Jordan Pickford was genuinely a spectator Everton seemed capable you know I know we got beat in the week but the, the, the days of us leaking goals and being that team who totally down tools when something doesn't quite happen in the way that they expect it to are hopefully gone um, you know just just generally on the game I saw a couple of people beforehand today saying that that was possibly the last time that they would be able to get to go to some park yeah. ever that, that to me was the most poetic way for anyone to not watch Everton at Goodison Park ever again. If I could bottle that 90 minutes and make that the last time that we that we eventually watch this team next season, that is quintessential Goodison Park, isn't it? That is everything that, that you want to happen. And just just nice to go to the game and actually genuinely enjoy it for once. And, you know, the, the enjoyment in recent times has been because, oh, thank fuck for that, or we've moved ahead of leads or we've moved away from the relegation zone it was just unadulterated unattached joy which we haven't had for so long just before Paddy makes his point I was trying to figure the last time at Goodison 
that we had a game where we were two goals ahead going into the last 10 minutes and we could like kind of relax a little bit like it yeah. feels like every time we've been to that stadium recently Leeds yeah, Leeds, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But even even like every single game we've gone into recently it feels like right up until the 90th minute it's been like oh my word like this, this is intense and you can't relax and you can't you can't settle down but today like you said it was like right free and all enjoy the last five minutes and, and as you said you, you had that excitement when the subs come on that you just yeah. thought gonna get another one here because look at the lads we're bringing on look how look how ragged you look after what we've done to you for 75 minutes and as you say it was just it was just nice to have that assurance about a team who know well how, how much comfortably better they are than the opposition it was nice seeing the park end empty before 90 minutes because we'd won like you know, you know, you know like, people getting off to get the train because they know that, that we're absolutely fine and we're not going to lose this game yeah, just, just one thing because I, I, I didn't go to the game you, you four lads did you won't have seen this yet or probably won't have Gordon's goal you will see when you see it tonight or on your phones at any point I don't think some of you will be here had you completely lost yourself when you've seen the linesman's decision to cancel oh, that goal. Oh, it's yeah. one of the weird, genuinely, yeah. I mean, he was a shocking referee, but this linesman, how on earth he thinks, he's, it's about three yards on side. He's yeah. guessed. With, he's with, guessed. With other fellas in front of him. And he, I, it honestly, it knocked me sick. I was having kittens for five minutes. I don't know what was worse than the fact that that was given or the overturn took so long. Because yeah. we were all standing, obviously, in, in the ground thinking, this has got to be a tight one. This, well, and when it came, back, on the screen, it it? I just couldn't couldn't believe yeah. that it had taken more than three seconds to make the call. They, they didn't seem to know the rules to me. At yeah. one point, at one point, there was another ball on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. And play continued. The ref, yeah. ref was telling one of the subs to come on and <laughs> yeah. take the ball off. He's like, "You can't do that." He's <laughs> What referee was it? I don't know. No idea. I think it was it was a relatively new one, but it was like being in like the most basic kind of kids eleven aside league you could find with officials that just didn't understand how to interpret the rules and how to, how to, how to do everything so I think the, I think the, the win is really important I think we can underestimate how important that win is in the timeline of this season after a kind of a succession of defeats going into let's be honest a, tr- a really tricky game away at Fulham if Everton had even drawn today you could have been looking at a run of five games with four defeats and one draw and all of a sudden it's panic stations. I mean, it was only a month ago where we were all lauding Lampard and Kevin Thelwell and everybody else for the turnaround this season. And very quickly it's gone the other way. Very quickly people have started to worry about relegation battles and everything else. So today just calms the nerves, particularly the the ease with which Crystal Palace were dispatched. But I, I, I keep coming back to the idea of what a Frank Lampard team ultimately ultimately is and we've all had this idea in our heads of high press playing out from the back comfortable in possession a really progressive side and I don't think we've seen that really not much evidence of it maybe against West Ham but not much evidence of it this season today was the blueprint and the standard in that regard it was how Everton should play particularly at Goodison it's how Everton can play moving forward and I think we saw an evolution, really, in what Everton were looking to do. Cody and Tarkovsky at times defending on the halfway line. Awobi pushing up with Calvert-Lewin as a, as a second striker. And I, I thought the difference in, 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 in the style, but also in the difference in performance level, was really stark. And it's 
what we want to see now moving forward a, a complete sea change like I was saying earlier and it, it all helps Dave when you've got a lad who can put the ball in the back of the net doesn't it in, in Carvert-Lewin and, um, I thought it was a very un-Carvert-Lewin goal actually the way in which she took it but I think it's all around performance today occupying defenders flinging himself into things you know he didn't look like a lad who was worried about getting injured today for, maybe for the first time in a while and I know it's taken time for us to ease him back into the side but he looked, he looked on it again today didn't he because of the absolute uh, broadcast master you are these days Matt no honestly I, it's one of the most things I'm proud of in life is the fact that you're one of them but I won't give you the bigger head um, talk about how good Dominic Carver-Lewin is no on. that's what I'm about to do um, because I completely disagree with the lads when you were talking I know we've gone round in order but I was really bursting to say this that I, did, I thought that was the goal of the game by an absolute mile and it's how, how refreshing is that we're all sitting here talking about what's your, what's your favourite yeah. Everton goal yeah. with that one that he scores when he when he comes out of where he's playing I, I don't think I've seen him do that you see him chase now and again but he's been frustrating when he's done that and then when he does come out the, the age old adage of him coming out of his position is there's nobody else there if he does win the ball comes out wins it comfortably lays it off and immediately gets back into his position receive the ball tip I think far too early than you'd normally want him to receive it because when, when Paddy's talking about with, with press and stuff like that Awobi and Gordon are there right next to him you're thinking his next job is get towards the six yard box as quick as you can because the cross is coming in and we want you to head it in there's none of that he give it to Awobi and Awobi confidently drilled it straight back to him he knocks it round their defender just tr- treads trods past him and it's a wonderful finish too that that is top class centre forward play and it's not we've seen him I don't think we've seen him yet we've certainly not seen him regularly but how much how much momentum he's going to have now thinking about how things how difficult things have been for him um, I, I thought that was the best goal of the game and I thought he, I thought he was fantastic and also the bugbear I've had for quite some time now is Frank Lampard substitutions and thought he'd been I'm not going to go as far to say a disgrace well they killed momentum against Newcastle didn't they in the week as I felt anyway I think you have to take Calvert-Lewin off but I think the Awobi substitution killed Everton off as a force at a point in the game in which they were probably developing a little bit of momentum tell me about though you guys tell me about the time and he's making subs I look back on the three games that we lost two at 67 the other at 73 minutes how late is that to change a game where you are losing or at best drawing today they were absolutely perfect yeah, when, he make, when he makes his substitutions it's been lads are either tired because they ran their socks into the ground when he puts these other lads on it's fresh it, and people are still bouncing the crowd's bouncing it's a much easier decision to make today the thing that worries me about him I don't want to go on a bit of a downer about it but the way he makes his subs that has to ha- absolutely improve I think going forward because I don't know if you guys think this but I was pulling what's left of my hair off in those three defeats <laughs> with the subs I'm just laughing that even even though we won 3 0, still bringing still it back. Mode, yeah, absolutely. I think he got the sub spot on to be, yeah, today, yeah. to be fair. Like the, the timing of the grey one, he was quite ineffective at that point. And bringing McNeil on put us back on the front foot. Um, is that the first time he's used five subs? I don't think he has. I don't think he's used five before now. Um, so fair play to him for making the most of it. What I want to just want to touch on Palace briefly because at this point last season I thought they were on a real up they looked like the, the recruitment was good um, they were bringing in the right players he had them playing some decent football they were absolute dogs today yeah. like, on the back of seven they, points in the last three they, they had no 
intention to come out and play football today. They were going to try and bully Everton off every ball and as much as the referee tried to let them do it, it just never happened. And like, If you come to Goodison when, when Everton's tails are up and the crowd are up, if you're not on it and you're not first to every ball, you're going home with a spanking and yeah. thankfully that's what happened today. So, whilst we are talking about Palace before we have to go back annoyingly to talking about Everton, <laughs> I think... It's important. <laughs> it's important to highlight for a club who prides itself on supposedly having one of the best support bases in the league and you know how animated they are at Sellers Park. They had half a crowd at a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday and didn't make a word or a sound for the entire ninety minutes. So. The other thing here, while we're on the subject of Palace, <laughs> have you ever seen a bigger cry arse than Wilfred Zaha? He's just yeah, every time he comes to Goodison, he has a tantrum. That's I don't even. That. He does it all the time. I, d- I don't even understand what he's angry about half the time. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 to be fair, fan. if I'd spent ninety minutes in Seamus Coleman's back pocket, I wouldn't be too happy. Because <laughs> let's be honest, well, Coleman. Night, Coleman looked like he was done at Newcastle. He looked like looked like that was the end of him, and Patterson couldn't get back quick enough. And then today he was superb. I think he. Um, Somebody said. Somebody said earlier. He he took the ball off Zaha six times. He he played him perfectly. He, uh, he never yeah. gave him a kick. Well, Ancelotti used to use Coleman whenever there was an opposition winger that he wanted to mark out to the game. He'd, he'd ordinarily go with a Holgate or a Godfrey, but would bring Coleman in for specific games. But I remember. I remember we spoke to Frank Lampard after the Leeds game where he hadn't made substitutions and effectively he was asked the question why aren't you using your bench and the insinuation the strong insinuation was effectively I don't trust the options I've got on my bench but I think now the fact he's making five substitutes or four substitutes whatever it was today shows that he's starting to develop a bit of confidence in the squad James Garner what Tom Davis can do off the bench what Dwight McNeil can do even Abdullah Decore who in the, the first half of last season was one of Everton's best players and he's not getting a look in now when he got injured we were all like yeah, we were, so uh, down the dumps, well, every, everyone was gutted because effectively it was the midfield can't function without Ducore but I think he's been searching for a balance in the absence of Nathan Patterson and his solution with Coleman coming in was to drop a Wobie deep and effectively babysit Coleman covering that side and I think what we've what he's found today is the perfect balance he's got Calvert-Lewin further forward as a focal point he doesn't have to play Onana further forward because he's got the aerial presence already I think I think Onana was playing alongside Mope sometimes almost to make sure Everton could win a bit of aerial ball but in playing Onana deeper pushing away beyond the balance just looks so so much better and I think he's now, like I say, he's learning to trust those players. So I don't think it's any surprise. Awobi plays further forward, Anana plays further back. Calvert-Lewin goes up front. Everton look like a completely different proposition. I think given where Calvert-Lewin's been with his injuries over the past few months, and bear in mind, even after the, the game on, on a Wednesday, Lampard said he's not doing shooting drills, Calvert-Lewin. I think where Calvert-Lewin was today in his performance is... It's pretty staggering, to be honest. Yeah. He was brilliant. He bullied their, um, bullied their defence. Keith's just showing us a, an image of 
a steal of <laughs> Mikalenko's shot. It, it didn't it didn't look remotely offside to me at the time. I couldn't believe it was flagged. I like I knew it was a goal because you could see people in the director's box celebrating because he'd obviously oh, seen the replay people, on the yeah. telly and it was like so obvious it's like right, there's no way this has been disallowed Paddy celebrating was he <laughs> it was quite funny down the park end just up while we're on that goal <laughs> in that when all the players kind of go over into, into the corner where the away fans are and you know muted celebrations because the flag's up but did they all get off when it got headed so, to VAR? well <laughs> mo- most of the Everton players made their way back into position but Calvert Lewin and Anthony Gordon were just smiling and joking and laughing with each other because Gordon must have said to him there is absolutely no way that I am offside there so they, they were able to still continue the celebrations why we had to we, why we had to wait four minutes for that was anyone's yeah, guess mate. it's so so lucky though because how many times have you seen this season every game where it costs teams points in the season if that cost us yeah. mate given the position we were in because yeah, yeah. before that game obviously the shite went and lost at Nor- uh, Forest yeah. and uh, seen uh, the Vitonians on Twitter almost rightly so celebrating because Liverpool have lost we went one put uh, Forest went one point behind us in fucking 19 this is a huge huge victory yeah, yeah. and morally it's huge for everybody I think we get to sing singing the blues all night now exactly. which, uh, which, you know, which we've not been able to do for a long time but one man I don't think any of us has mentioned too much specifically uh, Michalenko I think deserves a lot of credit because last few weeks I've been like oh, this lad first of all the mentality side and so many times I've looked at that lad and thought he must be all over the place and what's going on at home and whatnot. but today I thought he was really comfortable he didn't I think he stopped actually thinking that he has to go forward because I don't think he's great at doing that as a genuine left back though I think he's absolutely fine I think he's I think he's a, he's a good solid left back but we, we don't need him and that's why I think when the McNeil decision that's made by Lampard when he decides to bring him on and off is he thinking that he doesn't quite trust his left back so he needs to get somebody on who can help him I think that's slowly ebbing away you're looking to put someone on the left side who can stay there and you can trust Michalenko as a decent left back I thought it was good today it was really good today just I mean we've been all over the place here I'm just trying to get some kind of chronologically to the podcast um, let's talk about Palace a bit more if possible <laughs> um, but just like I mean, we, we spoke about the Iwobi flick very quickly, Moses at the start. And, yeah. Do you know, like, I know we got two assists today, and rightly he's being lauded, but I think in general play, I'm, I'm not sure he probably had his best game today, but he probably tried a little bit too much, lost the ball every now and then, but I think it's a testament to this lad that even after the game where I thought he was a little bit hit and miss, he's still got the confidence and the ability and the belief to pull off something like that right at the end. And I know it's easier when you're 2 0 up and it's late in the game. But it, it just, the, the, I think that performance that he put in today, 12 months ago, people would have been getting on his case and maybe getting a bit, a bit frustrated with him. But now he's got that good will, he's got that belief in himself, and he's still got the confidence late in games to try stuff like that. You, you can see the glint in his eye when he's pressed against the touchline and he squares a defender up. And he knows that he's probably got the technique and he's got the skills to, you know, get the crowd on his side or to get out of a tricky situation. I think that. The, the setup of Everton's midfield is such now that if, if they collectively play very well as a unit, maybe no one of them individually has to really excel. And, you know, I, I think Everton's midfield was largely dominant today. I thought Awobi, Garner, to a lesser extent, and Onana had good games, some of them very good games, but I'm not going to go home singing and raving about any one individual performance in that because that that's just the level of that midfield and that's what we know that as, as a unit they are capable of the real test 
for not only Everton's midfield in general, but any one of them, including Awobi, will be when one of them has to drop out for whatever reason. And we do bring in a Decore or we do bring in a Davis or we do change it up in some way. But, you know, that, that one touch from Awobi today and, and, you know, to an extent, the pass he put through for Carver-Lewin as well. It's just a massive example of the freedom in his body and in his mind at the moment when he steps onto the football pitch. You know, he, he knows that all, all of the basics that he has to do 18 months ago in terms of winning the fans over and doing the basics right and getting the first 10 five-yard passes into yeah, feet. Yeah. He doesn't have to think about that anymore because he does have that weight off his shoulders whereby not only us will forgive him, but he will forgive himself for making those types of errors. Um, the lad alongside him, I briefly mentioned, Donana. I mean, it, it's a very basic point to say that he is massive. Um, but in, Shocking hit. In a, in a much greater context, he is massive for us now. He must be one of the best tacklers I've ever seen play. Like, his timing of slide tackles is ridiculous. Saying to, saying to Paddy on the way back into town after the game that, you know, the, the weird comparison that people make between him and Maron Fellaini you've got one the the latter was comfortably one of the clumsiest footballers or defenders I've ever seen one of the best headers absolutely I know Nana I think you know wrongly has been as as Paddy alluded to earlier kind of utilised to his own detriment in in the last few weeks of being pushed forward and used aerially he, he's like he's got some form of radar vision on his tackling and he, he hones he's athletic in the ball. as well he, he's graceful he's athletic yeah. for his size yeah. you can see him you know graceful. flicking yeah. it round the corner in the first half to centre halves he, he's got that I, I used to really panic and my, I could feel my heart rate increasing when Maron Fellaini picked the ball up off defenders with him there is there is an assurance that goes way beyond not only his years but his football experience I mean we, we, we raved about this lad in the summer but people were very quick to point out that he started for Lille what 11 or 12 times he has no right to be starting every game for Everton he has no right to be essentially some form of second captain at this team at the moment because he, you, you could see the importance not only to us as a, as a footballing team but the importance to the other lads around him in terms of his likability you know he's always involved in celebrations and little clicks with other players and it's, it, it just looks really happy to be here um, we, like you've touched there on like how good a tackler Onana is I think there's two tackles today that deserve a mention and neither of them were by him, unfortunately. First one's Tarkovsky on that big yard dog that he threw on up front. Oh my, genuinely. That tackle was a proper Goodison tackle, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And the fact that he won a goal kick out of it as well. Yeah, the be- made some of the best better. things in footy that month. He won a sense of yeah. tackles yeah. and you win the goal kick. That's 4-0 for me. The other one for me is Coleman's last gasp at 2-0. Because if he doesn't get that right and he gives away a penalty, or if he doesn't get it in and they score from it, then the last 15 minutes is going to be a lot hairier for us. Yeah. That tackle there is probably, like, without exaggerating, it might have saved the game. Because you know what Everton are like when, they, when they're up against up against a negative sort of game script. So it was good. I, very happy to very happy to see him slide in and win that ball. I've seen him shape to do it. I've seen, it, seen him shape to do it. And I'm sat there and I'm going, oh, this is going to be a penalty. This isn't going to go well. 
one of the other best things in footy happened after that tackle where Jordan Pickford got irrationally angry with Wilfred Zaha always love to see that when you 2-0 up and you keep it I actually thought he was just going to goal kick Zaha's head into the Gladys Street yeah. Just to go on, uh, just going back to Onana, he is such a gentle giant, isn't he? Like I'd have him get me cut down out of the street. He's, I, I think he's that. He's, he's just. He, I, I just think he's 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 got a lot of different attributes in his game that you wouldn't necessarily think as soon as you looked at him. What's the same way you'd say that about Fellaini? We knew he was great in the air, but th- at the time, do you remember that time when he did that, like that 360 bike uh, around? Uh, Bellamy yeah, that, that year and you're like there's no way you can do that but he, he can Onana feels similar in that only way but um, yeah he, I, I thought he's brilliant today and that's seeing him grow into what he can be such a good signing to initially make as well was a brave signing to make at the cost he was given the money we couldn't spend other one as well just finally for me uh, Adrissa Garnagay I thought was a massive issue for the last well for the three losses effectively I thought he was uh, he just looked exactly like a player that's come from PSG who got 80% possession in a game and barely don't have to tackle and he gave the ball away so much today there was still a bit of that but he was much much better and I felt much more safe with him in and around Onana and Awobi when he was going with whatever he wanted to on the pitch uh, Paddy I'm going to give you the final word um, <laughs> here we go um, Seamus Coleman great performance today wasn't it proper rolled the ears back in Sahar yeah I thought he was great as, as I said we just listen to these instead. The best than anything I could say. You got me singing the blues. No point in speaking while that's on, is it? Well, join the bear squad. I actually, I'm not, like I said, it's the first time I've been here. Look, you know, sponsors the blue room. Um, I thought I could live in here. I said that when I came down here because we're in the cellar part of it, aren't we? And like, we come in. Just like what half an hour after the game finished and we're like oh it's quite quiet in here and you went yeah just wait for it in about half an hour mate. you won't be able to think for yourself and I'm, that's absolutely I'm right I'm trying to enjoy the celebrations but all I've been able to think about for the last four minutes is whether I'd trust Marrow and Fellaini with me cat <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what we'll leave it there what, what a way to finish uh, that has been your post-match reaction what a day got us in part 3-0 uh, Paddy Boyle and Dave Downey keep on with Mark Mosey uh, joining me now uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there but yeah uh, <laughs> we are in the Denby Castle it's absolutely boss it'll be flying all night tonight Denby Disco Keith Denby Disco is live there we go uh, if you listen to this and you're in town and you hear it come and have a party later on it'll be absolutely flying come uh, and have an underberg there you go Matt Fluss making his late, late appearance on the podcast there injury time substitution I've got to credit you now on the podcast I have to track you on Twitter and everything uh, but we will leave it there <laughs> I'm just going to say no one ever we make any tiny bit of money Matt's earning some of it now by just, just saying his voice like when you get an appearance bonus when you get brought on as a sub yeah. in the 94th minute there we go uh, Yeah, you you are up the the core in today's podcast and that's like the mask singer wasn't it <laughs> we will leave it there uh, what a day it got us in Bath the Blues Bath with a win uh, playing some wonderful football getting under the opposition skin and doing the business up the top east we'll speak to you again soon Sports Social Podcast Network